Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Right now, it is me and Adam. Uh, I think we'll have Rhiannon come in a little bit later. That'll be a surprise that you can just eagerly listen for as you listen to the pod. Got to, uh, no, you just got to listen, yeah, listen along. It's our uh, post-credits stinger, I guess, huh? It's like when you know there's going to be a cameo in a movie, you just don't know where it's going to be. Yeah. Right. And she's uh, she's going to pop up and say there's going to be carnage in scene. Fade to black. Uh, so last time we were on the podcast, uh, we left you with a cliffhanger. So we were at the party and we watched the uh, Marvel TV, uh, Marvel Disney Plus ad. And the woman at the party said, I have no idea what that is. That was the story. <laughs> so we were talking about whether or not that ad uh, attracted new customers or not. And I know the people at my party oh, were just right. terribly confused by it. You're talking like the WandaVision one? I mean, I loved it. They just, the people in the room with me who weren't Marvel people were just like the fact that it was for three different properties properly confused them. They're like right. there was images and then logos and then what's going on. Right. Well, totally understandable. But if you're listening to the podcast, don't tell Rhiannon. We just won't tell her the end of the story since she missed it last week. Right. Since we've been uh, gone, uh, what's, that, what's happened? News. Oh, there we go. Um, Nothing. Hardly's happened, man. I know. Since we recorded last, Sony has announced a new Marvel movie that's going to come out next year, 2021, I think in October. It has been a bit of a surprise because it means they're going to have to move fast to produce this thing in time. Uh, Lots of speculation going on about what it might be. A lot of people thinking Spider-Woman. Adam, what do you think about getting another Sony movie this quickly? Man, I can't wait. We're actually going to get Nightwatch. It's unbelievable. We're getting Nightwatch, Madame Web, um, The Works. I can't wait. Do you think it's yeah, sure, Spider Woman, I mean, or do you have thoughts uh, on what it is? I, there's, that opens up a whole. This guy sounds stupid. I don't want it to be a pun. It all opens up a whole other like web of opportunities and trails and, and things like that, right? Because Jessica Drew um, is like Scarlet Witch or Quick Quicksilver. She's I don't want to say owned her. Her live action rights are owned by both Marvel and sony right yeah um spider woman proper sony but marvel can use jessica drew um that's probably the safest bet at the moment um but i mean if it is spider woman that does open or not open but that does lead us down the path is i mean it's almost guaranteed that they're doing uh converging the universes or something right because there's no way Marvel Studios would let them do it, I don't think. Well, the other piece that our friend Charles Murphy pointed out is there is a producer-type person named to right, this. Yep. And I forget who it is, my apologies, but she is someone who's been involved in Homecoming and Far From Home, but not involved in Venom or Morbius. And so he suggested that seems to make it feel like this is maybe even more MCU connected than maybe a typical Sony project. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I, something. Oh, something like Jessica. Oh, 
You're taking this part out, right? Jessica O'Reilly, is it? Nope, not Jessica O'Reilly, because Jessica O'Reilly is a sex and relationship expert. Rachel, Rachel O'Connor. So Jessica O'Reilly wasn't that far off. Rachel O'Connor, Homecoming, Far From Home, Oh, Little Women, The Post. I do not know what The Post is. Oh, isn't that about the Washington Post? Isn't one of those, like, newspapers are going to save the world movies? Yeah, those are her uh, four films. I didn't know Pascal was on Little Women. Um, so Homecoming, Far From Home, Little Women, and The Post, the two TV series, Shalom in the Home and Equity. So, I mean, all that seems to suggest... I mean, it could be that Sony just loves her and they're moving her into this other universe, but to me, this... I was until now I was thinking this was going to be a side universe and maybe even Peter Parker would like hop between dimensions or something. Mm-hmm. But man, this is really feeling like at least this one is going to be in the MCU because we've seen, and I was going to talk about this in the news later. There's some talk that maybe secret invasion is going to be developed as a Disney plus show. And you know, there's a lot of people that feel like Spider-Woman is really important for Secret Invasion to do that right. I don't know. I, if I'm a betting man, we're going to get clarification um, on this universe stuff much sooner than October 8th, 2021. Yeah, I just want it to be clarification. By that, I mean I want it to be clear. I don't mm-hmm. want Pascal and Feige to put on another dog and pony show like happened with Homecoming. Like, come out with a very carefully worded statement that tells us exactly how it's connected and exactly how it affects the continuity and did not make this, like, please just don't confuse me, you know? I mean, that's that's why Feige's comments in the Sony Marvel deal were so big, you know? I mean, he flat out teased the multiverse or the universe hopping, at least, and that's by far the most we've ever gotten from Marvel Studios, right? So that's, that speaks volumes right there. Um, I mean, I would guess Morbius Morbius clarifies it. Um, we'll, I'm probably jumping around. You'll probably bring... Are, were you going to bring up the Venom 2 set stuff? No, go ahead and jump in that. No. On that. Yeah. Uh, the Venom 2 set stuff, you could probably say that does essentially prove a Morbius leak. With a few details included in the video and, and stuff, there there's a pretty healthy leak going around where where I, I don't want to say it, it comes down to the haircut really is the main supporting piece of evidence. It's about the damn haircut. Watch, it looks good, right? Would you would you concede that Woody Harrelson, Cletus Cassidy's hair looks much better? Well, it looked like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons before, so yes, I think. So it yes, it looks hair. better. Yes. It's out there if you want to look at it. I'm not saying it is uh, a true or accurate leak because, you know, the only supporting evidence is the haircut. Um, But it's something, right? But then again, someone could have just guessed, right? I mean, I sure hope to hell that there was a hair change, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. uh, It's out there. So I, I don't know. You know, that's the thing. They... We've seen, look at the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home trailer, right? What in the, uh, how'd it go in the trailer? He was wearing his homecoming suit, right? And then in the real movie, he was wearing the Iron Spider, or do I have that flip-flopped? 
Yeah, something like that. They've done that stuff a lot. So they've done that stuff. So like the poster or whatever. Or we could get the Morbius and Michael Keane's totally playing just some random character. Some janitor at Morbius's hospital. Hey, Rhiannon. Hi. Um, first and foremost, congratulations on um, getting Daredevil renewed Thanks. via Matt Reeves in the Batman. Thanks. I uh, nice. wanted the same cast, but um, I mean, I'm a Batman fan. And the same superhero. Right. I, but... You know, I, I used to come home from school every day and watch the Adam West Batman every single day on Family Channel. Um. I, I like a dark and broody superhero. So if Batman's going to fill my Daredevil needs, I'll I'll give Pattinson a chance. Pattinson, he would be a decent Matt Murdock. I mean, he'd be he'd be a better Matt Murdock than some other people we'll talk about later. Yeah, I I, I we'll see how his Batman goes. I mean, they might as well just merge the two characters. Just you know, put it all together. Make that the DC Marvel. Like, people expect the DC Marvel crossover, if they ever did one, to be, like, Captain America or, or um, like, Thor and Wonder Woman or something. But, but it really should just be Batman and Daredevil. Was I the only grumpy old man that watched that and was like, can you make this brighter? Why is this so dark? Yes. I, I was just like, it's too slow. Either. I was like, don't you know I have things to do? You give me a minute video that's worse than the Daredevil. If there's anything about the Dare- the Netflix Daredevil that I don't like, it's the theme and like that slow drippy Statue of Liberty. But it's but whatever. No, I know it's not Statue. It's it's Lady Law or whatever. No, no. I, I and so like they gave it to me with Batman, where like slowly and you finally just get to see like his jawline and the bat guns. No, but I mean that score, that one minute of score rivals half the stuff Marvel's done because it's done by someone who's done half the Marvel stuff but it's it's pretty good I'm not a musician it either. was good I liked it, it was good. I don't even know how to say his last name Michael Michael G Giacchino I think Giacchino and he was strange in the Spider-Man movies I love his Doctor Strange I think that's one of my favorite Marvel scores is Doctor Strange so hmm oh that's right you hate Thor Ragnarok yeah, Strange is up there. Not ahead of Thor Ragnarok, but... All right, uh, let's keep hitting some news. All right, so today Charles Murphy suggested that he has heard that we're going to get a Disney Plus slate update in the next several weeks, um, and they're not sure exactly what that's going to look like. So I have three options for you. Would you rather hear about the Disney Plus slate via... It just releases to, like, a trade... Would you like like a four or five minute infomercial on Disney Plus, or would you like them to do like a live web event where they like reveal it on a stage and all that kind of jazz? I want Kevin Feige to send a five word text message to Boris Kit and Boris Justin Kroll tweets her out, and we can deal with that. Don't make us go to a live event or watch a live event or. Just make it official. That's all I want. Like, I don't care if it's... I don't care how it comes out. I just want it to be not rumors. Not speculation. Not scoops. Not scoops. Not, I read this here and they're supposedly filming here and da-da-da. I just want it to be official. 
Mm-hmm. Not, I got that from a, a production grid. No, you didn't get it from the production grid. I got it from sources. You're Come, in high they school. all get. No, that's yes, where they get the I mean, stuff, man. Every single one of them. It's just production grids. That's all that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing to watch unfold, though. Like, it's exactly what... That's the only thing I've ever wanted from that corner of fandom. And it all happened in spectacular fashion. It kind of makes me think... Uh, do you remember how MTV used to have, like, a claymation fight... Uh, claymation show where they, like... Celebrity had... Deathmatch! Oh. Yes! Scooper Deathmatch! Hell yeah, please! Absolutely, we should Thank get you. those guys to just do a Scooper, like, episode. It'd be awesome. That's what I'm saying. So maybe that's That's actually what should happen. That's, uh, they kind of have a, uh, co- uh, who did Bitterroot? Chuck Brown. Chuck Brown has a comic out this week on the stump from Image. It's actually pretty good. But instead of Congress, like, passing laws, um, they fight. And whoever wins the fight gets their bill made into a law. Which we're very well on the course to doing as early as 2021. I mean, it would make Schoolhouse Rock a little more exciting. <laughs> right? So that's what we need, but with scoopers and exclusives, the word exclusive doesn't doesn't mean anything anymore. So Michael T. Ford says he wants to find out the new slate via fireworks like a gender reveal. <laughs> I already feel, I feel like the scooper drama is like a gender reveal. It's like a gender reveal gone bad. You know, like you cut into the cake and the blue and the pink has merged into a purple and you just really don't even know. Kevin Feige with a baseball bat. He's like, all right, they're going to throw balloons at me and I'm going to hit them. And whatever color the confetti is, is the costume of the hero that's coming next to Disney Plus. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Blue or red and you're just like, oh, no. Like it's red and (laughs) nobody knows. Is it red because it's Deadpool? I feel like that's what we have. No, I feel like that is what we have. We have the gender reveal, and it's red. And everybody's like, it's definitely Deadpool. It's definitely a Spider-Man. It's definitely a Daredevil. It's definitely... Guys are giving me nightmares. A little PTSD's going on right now. Ten heroes the red confetti can be. Oh, <laughs> and five it can't. Listicle, no, here we come. Not go there. Please, no. <laughs> That would be good. But that's the thing. That's entirely on brand for Marvel Studios to pull a stunt like that. And they everyone would just eat it up. And they would get press out of it for the next five months. And then we still wouldn't know what the new show is. That's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. I don't know. I like the idea of Disney Plus having a three or four minute like little thing where they show us little clips of what they're doing. Why not? It's fun. Yeah. Sure. I, I, yeah, I would enjoy the Disney Plus. I would enjoy a live stream event. I, I would enjoy everything except for the gender reveal fireworks. So one of the uh, rumors that Scoopers have given us this week is that Red Hulk is coming. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross is going to be in a show. He's either going to be in Thunderbolts or he's going to be in She-Hulk. Uh, related to this, they have casting for She-Hulk and it's She-Hulk. Like, it's, there's no new news at all. It's just like, it's going to be a traditional She-Hulk. Adam, you were shaking your head vigorously for Red Hulk. Do you think it's not going to be happening? Correct. Can you tell us why? Why? Well, no, She-Hulk. She-Hulk is happening. Yeah, She-Hulk. Like, there's going to be a She-Hulk series. But, yeah, there's a She-Hulk series. 
That's interesting. So Adam is confident that this is baloney news. Uh, I mean, what is it? Maybe I'm just becoming a curmudgeon. I don't know. But we'll we'll see, I guess. Um, again, production grid news, and nowhere on said grid does it say Bruce Banner's going to be in the series. What's the scoopers claimed? So there's discrepancies. Which, I mean, these days you can do an in-depth Twitter search and find production grids. Michael's anti-Red Hulk. Yeah, see, and that's the thing. That's It kind of brings back why, like, they, the reasoning behind why they didn't put the real Supreme Intelligence in Captain Marvel, right? I mean, it's not like they're going to bring out Red Hulk in the very first She-Hulk episode. That doesn't make any sense, really. I also have hated their, like... Oh, they're building a Thunderbolt, so Red Hulk makes sense. And also, Baron Zemo makes sense. And it's like, that's not really the same, like, version of the Thunderbolts, you know? Like, the way people are intertwining the two, I find. Well, see, I mean, I would love to see Red Hulk, but I just don't think, from what we've seen yet, it's going to happen in G-Hulk. Yeah. Rhiannon, um, I think you've shown some interest in the She-Hulk show when it was first announced. Do you have any thoughts on the casting? Like, kind of the thing that would be important to you? Not necessarily a name, but, like, what you'd want to see in someone cast as She-Hulk? Um, I We talked a little bit about this offline this week. Where I feel Marvel has been very weak is their casting of the female heroes. So I'd like to see um, the lead in She-Hulk... It's kind of hard to describe. I'm not as, like, connected to the character. Like, Jessica Jones. I, I In my head, she's a lot like Jessica Jones, but I know she's not. Um, like, with Jessica Jones, I was disappointed that the character was young, petite, and perfect. You know, when that was a very imperfect character. Um, I want a character that I believe has gone through, like, a little bit of emotional stuff. Um, so, I don't know. I don't have any, like, dream casting or anything for it. I just kind of, Marvel has the chance to cast a few women leads coming up in the next few stuff. And I hope they maybe go for, you know, with the men, they've taken a lot of chances. And I hope with the women, they're willing to take some chances too. Breaking news, Marvel Studios cast Gemma Chan as Shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the uh, Cassian breakdown does say they're looking at 25 to 34 in any nationality, right? Yeah, and I'm not talking about, like, casting older or whatever. I'm I'm talking about, like, somebody that's not absolutely... Scarlett Johansson. I have thoughts on ScarJo that we can... I mean, like, I've been reconsidering ScarJo. Um, comparing it to my love of Jojo Rabbit, because I really do love Jojo right. Rabbit. I figured that was part um, of it. I figured Jojo Rabbit made you... It didn't make me a ScarJo fan, but it's just making me think, and I tried to watch Marriage Story, too. I couldn't. I couldn't. And maybe I'll have to, like, figure out how to put into words on this, but I just, I feel like Hollywood casts women that are petite and tiny and perfect. And we're finally getting to a point where there are women in Hollywood that are, that have imperfections, that aren't a size zero, that aren't a size two... And when we're looking at somebody that is a she-hulk, I'd like to see a woman that's like 
maybe a little a little beefy. I'm not talking about like a plus size actress. I'm just talking about somebody that's substantial. Yeah, so like I think you've probably seen the rumors. Uh, is it Gina Carino? Is that her name from Carano Man- from the Mandalorian? Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. is that kind of yeah. what you're talking about, Rhiannon? Yeah, yeah, I like her. I think she would be an awesome She-Hulk. I just don't want another uh, Kristen Ritter. Michael says Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza as She-Hulk. I want like any Parks and Rec alum to join the MCU. Like I can't wait for Ben Schwartz to join as like Rick Jones or something. Aubrey Plaza is also legitimately gorgeous though, like and also very tiny, I think. Like I don't know if that really r- responds to what we're Well, it doesn't respond to what I'm saying. I mean, I get what Mike like Mike is definitely thinking outside the box there, but I don't know enough about the character to know how Aubrey but if I mean, Mike Mike's good. Like, how... We have no idea how they're going to cast for these, right? Are they going to get A-listers for the the series first and in hopes that said actors hope that they're in movies, you know? Or are they going to go, like, a Tom Holland route and get a lesser-known actor and just roll with it? I mean, I think it'll depend. I think Miss Marvel will definitely be someone we have never, ever, ever, ever heard of. Right. What? It's not that person that they say they've been putting off filming to ha- Wait, no, that's Hawkeye. Yeah, we can talk about that. So Haley Steinfeld, we think, is who they want for Kate Barton. And now apparently they're talking to other people. There's still kind of debate about when this thing will film. I guess, let me put it this way. If it's Steinfeld and you have to wait for it, or it's somebody else and they can make it faster, which would you rather do? I, I don't know the Steinfeld person so i'd rather have my series you should see bumblebee it's pretty good actually bumblebee's very good oh good edge of 17 is very good i went yeah it's the good transformers movie i don't know guys i went to the panel at comic-con i don't think it was for me but i did see her there and now that you say she's the bumblebee girl i mean i'm not saying i have anything against Haley. i don't i mean that i refuse to believe there aren't hundreds of actresses out there that could do this role right she's also the voice of spider gwen in spider verse if that helps yeah i i mean i there are hundreds of actors and actresses out there i refuse to believe that they can't find them and if they can't then they are casting too short a net i mean casting too narrow a net they are not thinking about the opportunities they're not open-minded enough. How about that? I also love how Hawkeye's like the one show where Disney's flat out said that they're going to make the the release date they planned, but reports say otherwise. Yeah, that's only if we believe that Disney source. If that is actually a Disney source. But it's like the one time they've actually come out and said something like that. So, Which is all the more reason I don't believe that. Because that's coming from a reporter that says someone at Disney told them that. I don't believe anybody at Disney told them that. I think they're lying. Because it is so bizarre for Disney to comment on that level of thing, right? Uh, unless something so blatantly wrong makes its rounds online. Maybe. It was just, it was weird. Because, like, Charles posted about thing, saying it was delayed. And, like, some other person in a private Twitter feed that you have to, like, be accepted as a friend to even get 
said, oh, I talked to someone. It was like on a Sunday afternoon. And they said that that's not accurate. No, it was reported What's... by one of the trades. I think at least the no. rap. Yeah, the rap had it. Pretty sure one we'll of the trades is either the rap sure or deadlock. Only... It was only reported by a reporter on their personal Twitter, and it's an unnamed source. I just don't believe that Disney like comments on this kind of stuff. So we'll we'll see. I think my feeling is I care so little about a Hawkeye show that it's the one show that if they delayed for two years, I'd be like, eh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm super psyched about the Hawkeye show, and I don't think it's delayed. All right, so here's the problem I have with it. You search Hawkeye series delayed, and here's the three first Google results. All right, here's the three first Google results if you search Hawkeye series delayed. We got this covered. Cosmic Book News and Bounding Into Comics. Those are the very three first results. And two of those um, are, are essentially bastions for white supremacy. And the other one, we know we got this covered just as a dumpster fire. I thought I thought that, that the whole Hawkeye delayed thing started from our buddy Charles. It did. But the, the question is, the counter... Somebody said that Disney report, you know, reportedly that Disney stated that's not the case. I just had not seen that in a reputable enough place that I believe Disney actually said. So it's from The Verge. The reporter was from The Verge, which is still quite more reputable than the GWW or MCU Cosmic. Or Right, but it was on her personal Twitter account too, though, right? Yeah, but it's just like Kroll or... or uh, Michael T. Ford points More out kid. that your searches are personalized. He gets different results. What are his re- How the hell are they personalized? Because <laughs> like if that's the case, I need to figure out how to change that. You want those sources? No, I've never once asked. Go into incognito. This is like an affront to Adam's honor. I know. He's over here. Yeah, like, I've never head. once asked for we got this covered. Mike's back and he's never. shooting. There's shots right. fired. No way. Uh, let's talk about another casting thing. Owen Wilson has been cast in the Loki show. Everybody say, wow, get out of your system. And um, it there was some talk this week if he maybe or maybe isn't King the Conqueror. Yeah! Adam, you actually think that's a good idea? Yeah! <laughs> okay, so you've played Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2, right? Owen Wilson yes. fits that role perfectly. To a T. If it's, that if it's King, Lego yeah. Marvel Super Heroes 2 Kang, Owen Wilson's perfect for it. It would be the best casting ever. If it's, you know, comic book version King that everyone else wants, you know. But that's the thing. I don't think King doesn't have to be all too serious, right? I mean, let's just look at him real quick. He's the most complicated character ever, I think, is the problem. Like, I have seen so many arguments on Twitter about who King even is this week. Like, his relationship to Reed Richards, whether it exists or it doesn't, and if it's his ancestor or if it's his descendant, or if it has nothing to do with him whatsoever, or if it's Iron Ladder is, like, I like comic books, and this is the most confusing character I've ever heard of. Right. We're talking about a blue guy that had, what's on his face? What's on his head? I didn't know people could be this passionate about Owen Wilson. 
I think my big takeaway is how much Rhiannon's going to hate this character, particularly if they do make it a big part of the universe, because it's like time travel shenanigans times 5,000. Right. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on Owen Wilson? No, but um, the other low-key casting's been, too, and I'll also butcher her name. San Juno Piro Lady. Juju? Oh, yeah, yeah. Something Raw? I don't know. I don't want to say her name and completely butcher it. Uh, I I was like, who is this? I don't know her. And then I saw San Junipero. I was like, yes, awesome. I am in. San Junipero, um, less critically acclaimed uh, Cloverfield Paradox. Watch if you guys want want to avoid time travel stuff. Cloverfield Paradox is the worst movie ever. I mean, it's a pretty bad movie, not considering the time travel. But you factor that stuff in, man. Dude, I, I, I watch Outlander every week. I, it's not that I hate time travel. I hate overuse of time travel. Or time travel that doesn't make sense. Or a movie that doesn't make sense. Yeah, Kang, I'm just afraid, would be that. Everything I've ever seen Kang in the comics is like, oh, look, he went to the past and he dealt with his former self that then informed him to do this thing with his later self. And then... There was a copy of himself from a different period that came over, and it's just, it's terrible. Well, you know, when they bring these things to live action and create the MCU version, they have a chance to right those wrongs and do better. I don't feel confident with all the stuff they opened up with Endgame. Well, yeah, they need to to do something, because there's no stakes if you can always go back and change things. There are no stakes. And, I mean, that's what I would want. If they continue to do time travel storylines post-Endgame, I want there to be something that shows, like, horrible ramifications of it. Like, go back, try to change things in the past. You butterfly effect, screw everything up, and are scared to do anything with it again. You'd like uh, X-Men the Animated Series. Every time they go back to change something, they come back and the future's worse. Yeah. Well, that's what... Thanks, Cyclops! Like, Outlander, they've proven that you can't actually change history. Like, if you go back and you try to change it, that was already taken into account in the reality in which you lived in the future. So. Oh. Like. So it's a... Oh, so yeah, that's kind of like a... That's like the time travel that makes sense, right? That's why I can tolerate it. Yeah, I'm just already concerned that we've got Loki running around with the space stone, and yet somehow he's getting arrested by time cops, and we're talking about change King the Conqueror. I can't wait. I can't wait. The second they say the space stone time travel, I'm flipping the telly off. <laughs> it's like the worst MacGuffin thing well, ever. Time stone, space stone, they're all the same. How many different things they've used it for? They've used it for Nazi weapon stone. All sorts of stuff. Burn a hole in the floor stone. Create Captain Marvel stone. Create Captain Marvel stone. Yep. We'll see. I mean, he could use it to go teleport into the Sanctum and take the Time Stone. Which we don't know how he'd know the Time Stone is there. Yeah, that's kind of my reaction. Yeah, I'm like, oops, Mm. I'm sorry. I just changed the channel on this conversation. (laughs) Because, you know. Yeah, well, also, after 23 movies of Infinity Stones, I'll be happy to not have to worry about them for a while. Yeah. 
Well, gotta wait two more years at least. Yay. All right. Um, let's jump into our main conversation. Uh, and Rhiannon, I'm going to kind of uh, riff off some of the things you said in our Slack talk today, which means I will depend on you to help us take it forward. Um, so Birds of Prey did come out since we last podcast. It's obviously a DC movie. We're not going to do a full review of Birds of Prey. But it was kind of interesting in that it was really well reviewed and then really didn't make much money. So um, let's just start out. We'll we'll be DC News Desk for just a minute. I assume you guys have seen this movie. How'd you feel about it? Why do you think it didn't do well? All those kinds of things. So since I brought it up, um, I saw it and I very much enjoyed it. I, I will say this. I haven't gotten around to watching Suicide Squad. So this was my introduction to this Harley Quinn. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was lighthearted. I think so. it's rated R, right? So, I mean, I think that is absolutely where they went wrong because I immediately wanted every little girl I know to go see this movie about a bunch of women coming together and just, you know, being badass. Uh, and, and, and coming together in their own ways. It wasn't even like, I mean, I enjoy Ocean's Eleven too, where the women come together and they do their heist. But this was more like women that fell into the situation, um, you know, all, the the sort of different walks of life or whatever. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. And I feel like, I, I think this is where, I you know, Marvel doesn't have to make low budget films. But there is something about necessity in a low-budget film that when it's good, like, it has that extra little bit of grit and stuff that makes it even better. Um, but I, I don't remember what the question was. No, that's – I mean, yeah, so you, you enjoyed yeah. it. From my understanding, it's R, but it really didn't have to be. Right. Like, it wasn't... like that's what – like, I mean, I don't pay attention to ratings in movies – but I was, you know, after I saw it, I kind of, like, wanted to see what, you know, like, I, I did a tiny little wade into the shallow end of the criticism of it and everything. And, yeah, it didn't need to be R. I don't know why they went to R. I think this is a solid example of why you shouldn't do R for R's sake. Like, there were some F-bombs. I guess they they said, you know... They said the F word too many times, therefore it's R-rated. And I think it would have been the exact same movie without that. I think it would have been even more interesting if if Harley came up with all kinds of different words to say other than the F word. Um, but, I, yeah, it, it didn't need to be rated R. Michael T. Ford points out that it's currently $147 million worldwide. Right, which which I still don't get the box office talk because it's going to make money. Yeah. Uh, right, that's what... Barely. And it's still going to... It's better... Hell of a lot... Look at Hellboy. If we want to talk box office failures, I mean, Hellboy lost a bunch of money. Right? But, I mean, it's... I mean, but from my standpoint, like, if it was not rated R, I would be like, Caleb, you need to take your girls to see this. Right. And right. because they decided to throw a few F-bombs right. in for F-bomb's sake, 
Yeah, but the... Well, I mean, there's a lot of violence, too. Like, what I mean, I don't remember any... I mean, and maybe I just don't remember it. I The past two weeks have been a blur. Months. Um, I don't remember, like, blood spurting. Speaking of ratings, this is off topic. Caleb, are you taking the family to Mulan? Oh, we, we're going to have to talk about it. We'll probably at least take our have oldest. Have you about it? Maybe not the younger ones. We'll okay. see. Talk about pushing boundaries. It makes me so much more excited about it, though, now. Like, I think there's actually going to be some decent, like, fighting in that movie. So this <laughs> this is like the R-rated uh, debate, but for daycare. Like, all the kids are at daycare having the R-rated debate now, whether whether their movie should be PG-13 rated or not. So, bringing it back to Marvel, um, does this Birds of Prey movie say anything about kind of female superheroes and what Marvel's doing? Do you think Kevin Feige has taken any notes on this, or no? I doubt Marvel's taking any notes on this. I'm I'm hoping that, like, I it, it was stuff that I feel that I'm not seeing in Marvel. I feel like DC is trying to do stuff with women, and they're going good places, and we've gotten Captain Marvel, and it was a good movie, but it was a Marvel movie with a hero that happened to be female. Um, we're getting Black Widow, which they haven't gotten me excited about. But I don't feel like they know how to do girl power yet. Right. I mean, it's very well a movie we'll never see, too. I mean, right, we still have yet to hear about Deadpool, and Deadpool would be kind of be... <clears throat> the closest, at least, language and action-wise. And, I mean, Michael T. Ford says it reinforces why they're reluctant to do R-rated movies. I don't... Yeah, I mean, that's what I think of movies should be rated R because that character... I mean, like, Deadpool, the R rating, it lets it go to this extra level. Don't rate a movie R. You know, don't put on an R-rated movie just so they can say the F-bomb and... I don't know, do a line of Coke. Like, I do it because it's absolutely necessary. Well, and it is interesting. People talked about like, ooh, remember when there's rumors going around that Black Widow was going to be the first R-rated MCU movie? And now that looks so silly, you know, particularly on the tales of this. Marvel, I think, would be sweating bullets if they were about to put out an R-rated Black Widow movie after this response to this one. Do you think? Do you think they sweat bullets over DC? After these snoozers of a friggin' trailer marketing, good lord, I'm sweating. I'm getting nervous about it. I think the Birds of Prey thing was really shocking to me because it's effectively a sequel to Suicide Squad, which was like an $800 million movie. And this one was well-reviewed. People were excited about it. I've not heard anything but praise about it on social media. And the thing tanked. I mean, it just did not do well at all. It got its butt kicked by Sonic the Hedgehog, an IP that's 25 years old and stale as all get out. Like, I just don't... It's weird. You know, like, the disconnect on this movie is so bizarre to me because everybody loves it except for it's got a B-plus cinema score rating. And so, like, I don't know what's happening. It's just... it's So it's almost it's like the people that gravitate towards DC aren't into movies about women? <laughs> Shots fired. Adam, did you have something that you wanted to say? 
Well, I mean... No, I just had a problem with your cinema score comparison, because I was looking at that the other day. I think Doolittle is like an A- minus or something like that. I could barely even find Doolittle in movies around, in theaters around here. I didn't even know when it was coming out. I'm trying to see more movies, and I didn't make it to that. They're kind of... I mean, Mike does bring up the marketing. I mean, what... It, you're you kind of they kind of put push themselves into a corner right because if you walk down any artist alley at any convention harley quinn's probably the single most drawn character or she's up there right probably of women um, characters the top right right or especially cosplayed even and things like that so i mean but then you know, but do you lean so much into that, which they kind of didn't, even though her name was in the title, except they didn't really promote that, you know, or do you promote the group as a whole? I don't know. It, it was kind of a misfire on that front. If I'm DC, I'm, I mean, she, she's prominent in the, I would have just called it a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. I, I have a friend that is a, diehard dc fanboy and I, and he was just like oh yeah I'll, I'll catch it when it's streamable or something like i don't i don't get it i i don't know and i mean yeah the marketing like i feel like harley quinn is one of the coolest characters to market um i, I don't know what went wrong i know that somehow they got me in the theater and i enjoyed it and the theater i was in was full there was also, I mean, it's not enough to warrant the, the box office discrepancies, but you do have a certain sect of human beings and Twitter users that purposely um, chose Sonic over Birds of Prey. But not to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars. But I'll, I'll put blame on them. Anyways, they deserve the blame. I mean... I think we want to be careful, though, with the trolling. I mean, we don't want to not... I'm sure it has some effect, but, like, we saw from Captain Marvel that you can have the entire dude bro internet world hate your movie and make a billion dollars. Yeah, but that's apples so the and idea oranges, that, like, We can't compare Birds of Prey to Captain Marvel. Well, I'm just saying the idea that, like, misogynistic comic book fans could kill birds of prey, but had, were powerless to do anything to Captain Marvel strikes me as just why, like, why did it work one time and didn't work the other? I mean, the trust isn't there. You know, we've had 23 movies with Marvel and odds are it's going to be a solid odds are black widow is going to be a watchable solid movie. Right. Whereas we look at DC and what we have Aquaman and Shazam Two had your bets on, and those both came out within the past year. You know, so I mean, the trust isn't there. The the stability's not there. The the brand certainly isn't there because they don't even know what the hell they want to call their world of DC movies. I think they're calling it now. So, Rhiannon, when Wonder Woman came out, we did kind of a whole episode about how Marvel's doing with female characters and female properties and. Are they doing enough to kind of reach out to female audiences? I'm kind of interested in your take on that now. I mean, that's two years on from that. I mean, has it improved? How do you feel about all that stuff? 
I mean, since then we've gotten Captain Marvel. We've gotten yeah. We're about to get a Black Widow movie. We got uh, Valkyrie. Um, we got that scene in Endgame that had the women coming together. We got Shuri. We've we've gotten huh? Wasp was the title character in a movie. Wasp. Yeah, we've gotten um, you know a lot of lady characters. Um. And I feel like they've made great strides, and I'm really excited to see what, like, the Eternals is bringing us from the women in the MCU, what we're going to get going forward. And I I think they have made great strides, but I think they're still just trying to figure out, I, I think... I mean, maybe I will be surprised. And Black Widow is a girl power, ladies coming together, doing something really awesome uh, type movie. But right now, I feel like they are struggling with it feeling less token and more like it's just something that... I don't know. And, and that's where like I've been trying to put, put into words into thoughts. Right now, it feels like they're throwing women in, and they're they're promoting, you know, Captain Marvel. They definitely promoted heavily as their female superhero, as an important part of the universe, and that she was, you know, she played a huge role in Endgame. They're having I what I am not seeing is women I can relate to. Maybe that's it. Maybe when we get towards like Valkyrie or something, there's there's something like rough around the edges. But that's what I want more of from Marvel is the, are the imperfect women um, that everyday ladies can relate to. Yeah, and Valkyrie to me seems like so far off the deep end, you know, like, so you've got Captain Marvel that you can't relate to because she's just perfect in every way. And then you have Valkyrie off the far end where, like, yeah, she could be perfect in every way, but she, you know drinks a lot and you know but now she's a queen um i there's just so birds of prey we had down-to-earth women that were doing regular things uh and stepping up i feel like ant-man and the wasp was an interesting case study i mean you can tell me if this is kind of what you're talking about you have a guy who's an ex-con who's working at Ben and Jerry's or working at Baskin Robbins. And then he's paired with a woman who's been a powerful exec at one of the best tech companies in the world. Who's a competent martial artist and knows everything about the science of her suit. Like, you know, like just the contrast is interesting. You have this guy who's not really great at much. And you have this woman who's like, again, like a, you know, very competent at everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, the women that they've given us so far start off as superstars, and they end up being superstars. So, give me give me your everyday woman that's that's also, you know, yeah. That's working on Baskin-Robbins and ends up being, you know, a superhero. An Avenger. Well, and I think this is where the young characters could help us. Like, the young Avenger-type people. Like... Miss Marvel, I think, would be great because she'll just be an average high school student trying to, like, live her life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that'll be awesome. And that's where maybe some street-level TV shows could, you know, 
give us i mean well and that's what i mean i i like characters that i can find something in common with i think the other interesting piece within this will be as they continue to transform behind the camera uh the fact that we have a female director for eternals which is not strictly a you know it's an ensemble team and they've got a female director on it the fact that these disney plus shows all seem to be male female teams with the director and the um head writer you know i mean it's it's one thing to say hey we're gonna have this movie and even if we'll have it directed by a woman but the brain trust and most of the you know crew and all these are still men the more that women get into the writing and directing, it would seem like there's just going to be a natural cascading effect of getting more realistic female characters out of those those creative people. Yeah, I hope so. And I have faith in Taika um, for for Thor: Love and Thunder. Like that seems to be like the focus is going to be on some of the women. And yeah, as I hinted to earlier, Taika, you know, made me appreciate ScarJo. I, Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit did an amazing job with a very well-written uh, character. It's interesting. As we talk about these things, it kind of surprises me you weren't more into Agent Carter back in the day. Yeah, I really wasn't. Maybe I'll give them another chance. Maybe maybe in a different mindset and not trying to watch it while I'm binging through all of the MCU at once. I'll look at it differently. Well, Adam, I think what the internet really wants to know is what you think about women in the MCU. Do you have any... <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, though, do you have any thoughts about all this, any of this stuff? Not particularly, no. Um, no, not really. I think the thing that struck me, you mentioned sort of tokenism, Rhiannon. I remember. I remember when in Endgame they did the like A4 scene or whatever you want to call it. And at the time there was a lot of like, I don't know, idiot fanboys that were like, oh, it's so just fan servicey and cringy and it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know why they did that. And at the time I was like, shut up. You're being stupid. It was a cool moment. It You know, like my daughter got a big kick out of it. That was, it was fun. It was good. And it's building towards something I'm sure they're going to do sooner or later. So it's it's not gratuitous, you know? It's not tokeny. Right. But with every property that gets announced and we don't have an A4 show, I mean, at this point, how many things have happened? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it does feel more tokeny yeah. the more, you know, with every dozen projects that get greenlit that are not A4, you know? I mean, Marcus McFeely have actually got on record and said it's pure fan service. I mean, look at look at Thor Ragnarok, right? Look at Black Panther. The second they started putting people like Taika in as directors and Coogler in as directors, we've gotten the most comic booky movies we've gotten, you know? With the exception of something like Endgame. Um so I mean, Eternals with with the practical sets they're doing and and Chloe's style and all that stuff, man. Eternals is probably going to surprise many, 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 many people. Well, and hopefully it'll continue to confirm this kind of thing where the more diverse your directors and writers are, the more you get interesting stuff, 
right? Which is probably, I think, some of where we're reacting to Black Widow a little bit of like, finally Black Widow gets a movie and it feels very paint by numbers, you know? So, uh, and hopefully we'll be wrong by that. Right. And every single person that chastises the Eternals for not being comic accurate is getting blocked on Twitter. (laughs) I just want to throw that out there. It's the world right now because there's going to be so many people say, oh, I wanted this from an Eternals movie. Oh, you didn't. Um, I want to add like a little segment here quickly called a random thing Caleb wants to talk about. Is it weird how many people are in love with Eternals that haven't seen a like a second of it? Like don't stand culture, man. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm glad that people are being supportive and I'm really excited about it. But like I read these tweets are like, this movie is gonna be like the gods have given us their holy you know semen right. from heaven that we can just <laughs> nourish ourselves in. I'm like what are you talking about? We haven't seen a single footage, like a single second of this movie. <laughs> we need a sound clip of that. I need, that needs to become our new intro <laughs> or something. Holy semen from heaven. <laughs> I just, I don't understand. Uh, it's stand culture, man. I mean, it's, it is what it is. The same people that said that they probably have the comics as their profile pictures and the curly Q things. And they probably, Tweet BTS videos at everyone. It's Michael T. Ford. He does bring up the uh, same-sex couple, which I don't know if we should talk about because it's a spoiler. Or can we say who it is? Uh, I mean, I feel like people know. If you don't want to be spoiled on who is the gay eternal, then turn this off for 30 seconds. It's going to be Fastos and Brian Tyree Henry, right? And Yes, and the person who spilled the beans no longer has a job at Marvel, probably. Who is so the per the actor that said it is his Fastos's husband in the movie? I've never heard of the actor before, but it's hard to imagine Marvel's happy with this. Well, it paints him into a corner, right? Like they have to do this now, so right. So yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about Eternals. Don't get me wrong. I just people who are just like gushing over how excited they are, like. What are they stands of? I mean, I guess if you're an Angelina Jolie fan or a Salma Hayek fan, but like it's an unknown director of an unknown property that we've seen exactly zero seconds of. Like, I just can't imagine how you're this excited. Like, I want to at least see a trailer before I'm willing to say it's the best thing since The Godfather, you know? Okay, so now everyone that just had a problem with what Caleb said, you need to tweet him at Caleb A. Borchers and accuse him of gatekeeping. So go on the Twitters. Is, is that what it's called? Caleb Am I gatekeeping the, somehow? I think so. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're gatekeeping a little bit. I don't know, man. It's whatever. The second they announce um, four bush man, you know, there's going to be four bush man stands everywhere. Deservedly so. I mean, we need a four bush man movie. And like I said, enthusiasm's great. It's not like I'm blocking these people on Twitter. I just sometimes read it and I'm like, man, I would just, I want to figure out how to get that excited about something I haven't seen, you know? All right, let's do mailbag real quick. Uh, over the website, if somebody will look at our Twitter, that'd be great. Uh, over on the website, Love Waffle, uh, I was talking about Sam Raimi taking over Doctor Strange 2. And um, 
he was hoping to see uh, Raimi's brother Ted, Bruce Campbell, and Lucy Lawless play the Vashanti, uh, which uh, he's got to find some place to put them in. People are already talking about Bruce Campbell because I think he's in all of Raimi's movies, right? He's in all the Spider-Man movies. Uh, it would be interesting to see them as the Vashanti. They are pretty weird-looking uh, deities, I guess. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say Bruce Campbell's a pretty weird-looking dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, that too. He was supposed to be Mysterio <laughs> in Spider-Man 3. I think a lot of people know that, but there was going to be a scene where he was like getting arrested at the beginning of it as a, as a gag. He's almost a uh, nightmarish type person. An outside-the-box choice for that. I mean, it's if Rainey's in the movie, it's, it's all but guaranteed Campbell's going to have at least a cameo or an Easter egg of sorts. Michael T. Ford tried to uh, start a fight between us um, with posting stuff about the network television, the CW abandoning network television and moving to streaming, which that's not... I. I went week to week. I can be streaming week to week. Um, and I want long form storytelling, even if it's. Yeah. I do think if we ever totally clarified our terms, yeah. we, that fight would be over. Cause like for me, it really is just the broadcast thing, which I don't think you care about. And for you, I think it's the week to week thing. So it's the week to week thing. And it's the long form storytelling. I want stories that are more than three hours long. I want to, I want to get deep and deep into characters. Um, it's a couple new followers. Thanks for following us. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Um, we will be back next week or the week after. Just kind of depends on how we feel about things. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon. We appreciate everybody that does that. Um, also, uh, thanks to Tim Cox for our logo and Alvin for the theme music. They're at Tim V Cox on Instagram and at the Skull School on different social media platforms. And uh, I think that does it for now. Oh, uh, somewhere along the line, somebody was suggesting we do the reading club again, but we do it with Tom King's vision. And I would be kind of into that. I'm sure Adam would be into it. Does that sound interesting to you, Rhiannon? For those listening to the podcast, Rhiannon stopped recording, but she said she can try. So we'll see. We'll maybe do that in the future. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll talk to you later.